Now this morning, um, you know, the first week we looked at four parables that dealt with the characteristics of the kingdom. We talked about the treasure, the pearl, and the net, and and uh, and, and we talked about the kingdom of God and how it's a kingdom that will never stop growing and is the greatest kingdom of all kingdoms, none to compare with it, right? And then we talked about, in week two, we discussed what it really means to love our neighbor. And we looked at the Good Samaritan and, you know, everybody, you know, loving our neighbor means more than just saying hi to the people that live next door to us. Loving our neighbor means getting in the ditch with people that are suffering and helping them, right? Today, we're going to look at another parable that deals specifically with prayer. Now, how many of you would agree that um, that prayer should be a very important part of the Christian life? Would you all agree with that? Jesus, I think, agrees as well. And I think we can all agree with that. It's not hard to see in the scripture that prayer is a very vital part of the Christian life. And, and Jesus uh, not only believed that, but he... He also taught the importance of prayer by using parables. He used stories. Remember, a parable is an earthly story with a spiritual principle or, or, or a spiritual truth. And he used stories to help us understand the truth of the kingdom of God. And um, Jesus used parables to teach the importance and the power of prayer. How many of you know prayer is powerful? And in Luke chapter 18, in verse 1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear out, wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? And this is a parable. Now, there are three main characters in this parable, in this story. And the first one is the judge. The judge was the city judge who was responsible for setting legal disputes in that area, in that particular city. And Jesus said, this city judge neither feared God nor cared about men. He wasn't a very godly judge. And then there was the widow, of course, and the widow was obviously in a legal battle of some sort because she needed a judge. And many believe that her legal battle was had something to do with the fact that she was a widow. And it could have been that probably somebody was trying to steal all her money, trying to take advantage of her by trying to, to steal her husband's estate. It's not for sure, but that's a good possibility that that's what she was dealing with. Somebody was trying to take advantage of the fact that now the husband wasn't around and was just trying to steal her estate. And then there was the widow's adversary. And the widow's adversary is believed to be the one involved in trying to steal this widow's husband's estate and uh, was likely someone 
with authority in the city. Somebody had, had a little a little clout and he was a dishonest uh, ex- executor of her estate. And uh, and he was trying to take advantage of her and she knew it and she knew she could lose everything she owned. And at the core of this widow's need was the fact that she needed a judge that could help her out and grant justice and protection from her adversary. That's the story here. In verse 3, And there was a widow in the town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. Now, typically, a poor little widow like this would have never got justice from the judge because normally the city judge could be bribed and paid off to make an unjust decision in the adversary's favor. It's kind of like the one who had more money, had more opportunity to just, uh, you know, just usurp the law and get what they wanted. And that was probably the case here. But the little widow kept crying out to the judge and said, Judge, I need your help. I need your help. And this little widow just started crying out to the judge asking for help. And she wouldn't give up. She just kept asking and asking and asking and asking. And she kept pleading with the judge to grant her justice. But the result of her persistence, the story tells us, was that she finally wore the judge down. And the judge said, man, this little lady ain't going to leave me alone. And so the scripture says in verse 4, but for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see to it that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. That's a clear picture, huh? Come on, how many of you had children like that? And wear you out with their coming. And so the judge defended her against her adversary, not because he was a great man of God, not because he was such a compassionate man. The scripture clearly tells us that he didn't fear God. He didn't care about people. The judge gave her justice, not because he was sympathetic. He defended her because she would not stop pleading her case before the judge. And what's the purpose of the story? Why is Jesus telling us this parable? Well, he used this parable to tell us about the importance of prayer. That's what the whole thing is about. He's saying, hey, gang, prayer is important. Hey, gang, prayer is powerful. How many of you believe that today? In Luke 18 and verse 6, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And the answer is, and the answer is, and the answer is, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? So Jesus used this parable to teach us the importance and the power of prayer. James said in 5.16, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power has great power and wonderful results. Do y'all agree with that? Do y'all agree that prayer is powerful and has wonderful results? James thought so. But now Jesus tells this parable. 
He also used this parable to teach the priority of prayer. And I want you to go back with me to the first verses. The message of the parable is very clear in this case. In verse 1, it says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable for this reason, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Isn't that clear? Now let's unpack that. In other words, Jesus is saying, Prayer should be a priority in the life of a believer. He said, I'm telling you this parable to show you that you should always pray. How many of you agree? Prayer should be a priority in the life of a believer. One of the greatest disciplines that any believer could ever develop in their life is the habit of prayer. It's the discipline of praying. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and 16 says, be joyful always and pray continually. Now, I believe the most joyful Christians on the face of the planet are those who learn how to pray continually. I think those that are the most depressed people on the face of the earth are those that don't pray at all. I believe the more you pray, the more joyful you're going to be. Amen. Look at this verse. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what, saints? Everything. Now, I've, again, I believe the most peaceful Christians that don't live in the, in the state of worry and anxiety are those who learn to pray about everything. Amen. Prayer is a dependence on God that God will always reward. Now, if you if you read the Gospels, you notice Jesus several times goes back to prayer. Why? Because I believe he knew we needed to hear it. So question, are you going through a difficult time right now? Are you facing a difficult situation? Is something in your life not not in line? Are you struggling with a relationship? In your marriage with your children? Or are you dealing with difficulties on the job? Are you having emotional turmoil, physical turmoil? Whatever the situation may be, if you're facing a difficult situation, I want to encourage you to think about taking the time to pray about it. See, because a lot of times, even as Christians, I mean, we love Jesus, we're going to go to heaven, but here we are facing all these problems in our life and we will call our neighbor, oh, you ain't going to believe what I'm going through today. We'll tell our co-workers, we'll call our mama, our grandpa, we'll tell the whole world, but we won't look up and say, Jesus, I need some help here. Come on, are y'all hearing me today? We got to go to prayer if we're going to see God move in our life, Amen. Now, there are three reasons we should pray. And the first reason is that so we can receive the Lord's strength. You ever got tired? You ever got weak? Isaiah 40, 31 says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on. How many of you agree? Life has a way of just making you weak, making you tired. Amen. Come on. Is it, is it that way where you live? And so listen, it's true that the constant trials and tribulations of life, man, can wear you down, can make you weak. But you know, the promise here is that, listen, God has a way of restoring your strength when you've lost strength. He has a way of refreshing you when you're so weary you're about to throw in the towel. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, Jesus is our example. When he faced the greatest trial of his life, which whenever he was in Gethsemane, about to face the cross. What does the Bible say he did? 
How did he handle the most difficult situation in his life? He modeled it for us, saints. And the Bible says in Matthew 26, 38, Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. You see how Jesus handled his problems? Jesus overcame the greatest trial of his life. How did he do it? Not by drinking false courage. Not by trying to appease his pain with things the world had to offer. He got on his knees and he cried out to the Father and said, Father, I need your help. I think there's an example to follow here. Come on, y'all with me out there? So here's the point. If you're going through a difficult time, if you're at a bad place right now, I want to ask you, have you taken the time to cry out to God and say, God, would you deliver me? I mean, if you know, God will hear that prayer. God will hear that prayer. See, he told us this little widow was in a desperate situation. The reason why he painted this, this story like that is he's saying, listen, she was in a desperate situation and, and she got delivered. And this judge wasn't even close to God. But come on, you tracking with me? The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do everything. How? Through him who gives me what? Strength. Yes. Is it true that God will give you strength when you're weak? Here's the second reason we should pray so we can experience a transformed life. Second Corinthians 5.17, a lot of people know this verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, things, behold all things become new. Now, obviously, this scripture has to deal with the born again experience. When you become a Christian, the seed of the kingdom of God comes in you and you're not going to be the same person anymore. Amen. But I believe there's further meaning, just like scriptures can have more than one meaning. I believe it also means you can experience a, a transformed life through prayer. How many of you believe God will change your life? I believe that God will do it. Prayer ushers in God's spirit and God's spirit changes your character. Amen. Listen, whenever I first got saved, I began spending regular times of prayer with the Lord. During the time that I got saved, Brother Francis had just had somebody come to the church that was teaching on how to tarry one hour with God in prayer. And so there was this great push about learning to pray one hour where well, that was a tall mountain to climb. But you know what it did? Brother Francis, it taught me to pray. It taught me to pray. And so I'd get up in the morning and before I hit the door to go to work, I would open my Bible and read the Bible and pray. And you know what I noticed after it wasn't long that, you know, I began to realize that some of the old evil ways that I had had in my life for a long time, they began to fade away. And some new characteristics started coming that was more godly and more Christ-like. Come on, y'all out there, y'all hearing me? But you know what? Something happened. All of a sudden, I quit praying. Because, man, I, things were going well. Why should I pray, man? Everything is just right. I don't need to get up early. I'm going to get some more sleep today. And I quit praying. And you know what happened? Those evil desires and those characteristics that had faded away, they came back home. Come on, y'all out there? 
I'm telling you, listen, Jesus will transform your life. Amen. And here we are, we're trying to squeeze our fists tight and we strain to try to live a godly life and we're trying to do it on our own. And we can't do it on our own, saints. We need the Spirit of God in us to help us to live a godly life. Amen? So come on. God will help us. The bottom line is if you want to live a godly life, we have to spend time with Christ in prayer. A third reason we need a, a reason we should pray always, all the time, is this, so we can be most useful in God's kingdom. Now, this is what John 15, 5 says. I am the vine, you are the branches. And he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, you know, you know, the reality is we can do some things without prayer on our own. I mean, we can hold a job. We can lead a business. We can, you know, we can raise a family. And we don't need to pray about that. We can do that in the natural. But I tell you what we can't do. We can't be successful in in advancing God's kingdom without tapping into the vine. Because the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. It's spiritual warfare. And you're not going to do anything for Jesus if you don't learn to tap into the vine. Amen. He says you can do nothing. Did he mean that you can't brush your teeth in the morning unless you tap in the vine? No, you can do that. But he's saying, listen, if you want to make a difference in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to tap into the vine. Now, how many of you want to make a difference in the kingdom of God? Man, if you understand the kingdom of God, how can you not want to make a difference in the kingdom of God? Right? So here's how I've heard it said. You know, if we want to make a difference in the kingdom of God, we need to abide. Abiding in Jesus means praying, tapping into the vine, waiting on the Lord. Abiding in Jesus equals to the anointing of Jesus. Now, the anointing of Jesus is not some spooky thing. It's basically the presence of God on your life. And whenever the presence of God is on your life, then what happens is the anointing is on you, and so that equals to the authority of God. Now, the authority of God is having spiritual boldness, spiritual confidence, It's having spiritual faith. And some Christians have it and some don't. In fact, some Christians, they'll dare not pray over their food with their co-workers around, fearing that their co-workers might laugh at them. They're lacking confidence before God. They're way too timid, and they're not going to make a difference in the kingdom of God being timid. What they need is the anointing of God on their life with the authority of God on their life so they don't shame or bashful about who they serve. They will tell anybody or everybody, regardless of the outcome, as for me in my house, I'm serving Jesus. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, y'all help me preach this morning. Amen. So when you abide in the Lord, you receive the anointing of God. And when you have the anointing of God, you receive the boldness of God. And when you have the boldness and the faith of God, you're going to see the actions of God. You're going to experience the actions of God. Now, the actions of God, that's whenever you see Jesus work in your life on this earth. That's when you begin to see God use you. Come on, how many of you ever seen God use you? And you look back and you say, man, that was the Lord right there. Amen. Come on, how many of you, how many of you shared something with somebody and they said, man, that changed my life right there. Man, you encouraged me. That got me out of the pit, man. Thank you for sharing that. And you just jump up and down and you say, thank you, Jesus, for using me. 
If you want to do something in the kingdom of God, you got to learn to abide. And if you abide, you're going to have the presence of God on your life. And if you have the presence of God on your life, you're going to have the authority of God on your life. And when you have the authority of God on your life, you are going to see the works of Jesus everywhere around you. Come on, I feel like shouting hallelujah right here. Amen. Amen. Yes, indeed. God wants to advance his kingdom in this earth. And he wants to use us to advance his kingdom. That's why we need to tap into the vine. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's what Jesus said. I have found that the more I abide in Jesus, the more Jesus will use me. The less I abide in Jesus, the less he will use me. Now, the third and final lesson Jesus teaches us in this parable is this. Jesus used this parable to teach us to persevere in prayer. To persevere. Notice in verse 1 again. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. See, this is where some of us fall down right here. Perseverance means to maintain a course of action or purpose in spite of difficulties, obstacles, and discouraging situations. Perseverance means pressing through the difficult times. Perseverance means not giving up. And Jesus was trying to motivate his disciples and say, listen, gang, y'all need to make prayer important and don't get discouraged. Keep on keeping on. See, this little lady was in a helpless, hopeless situation. She was needing justice from this ungodly judge and it seemed like she was not going to get it. But yet she got a breakthrough despite a circumstance, despite her situation. Why? Jesus said, because she wouldn't give up. Because she wouldn't give in. So can I encourage you today? Prayer is important. Prayer will make a difference. Develop the discipline in your life and don't give up. Come on, are y'all with me? Don't give up. Listen, all hell will try to keep you from praying, but don't give up. Amen? Come on, your flesh don't want to pray, but don't give up to your flesh. Come on, stand in there and cry out to God day and night because he's going to come to your defense. Amen? Yes, amen. Jesus says, have faith in a God, in a good God who blesses his children. You notice whenever he tells the story, see, this widow was requesting help from this unrighteous judge. And Jesus took the time to make sure that we knew that, that he didn't fear God and he didn't care about people. Jesus said, this is the character I'm talking about. So he made sure we knew that. And then Jesus said, this judge was someone who was ungodly, yet he helped her. And he answered her request. Basically, he's saying, listen, if a wicked judge will answer people's requests, how much more will your heavenly father? That's not wicked. That's not evil. You know, he's saying, listen, don't you serve a good God? Listen, those of you that have children, don't you want to help your children? Don't you want to make life a little easier for them? If you're healthy in your life and you don't have all kind of dysfunction in your life, you want to do everything you can to help your children succeed, right? 
And he says, you are earthly and you are nowhere close to being like God. And if God, if you will help your children, how much more will your heavenly father help you? He said it like this in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good, give good gifts to those who ask him? Come on, is your God good? Is your God good? He is a good God, saints. I think Jesus was trying to encourage us to persevere in prayer by asking, seeking, and knocking, and to know that we serve a wonderful God, a wonderful Heavenly Father, who loves to help his children. Right? Jesus is saying, remember that prayer is your lifeline to God. It's your lifeline. If you're going through a difficult time, listen, you know, if Satan can't keep you out of hell, I mean out of heaven, if he can't keep you out of serving God, then he'll try to cut you off from God. He'll try, to, he'll try to keep you away from the resources of God. You know, years ago, a number of years ago, I was reading something about pastors. And they said the average time a pastor spends in prayer is four minutes a day. Well, no wonder we don't see the power of God in church. So I said, man, that's ridiculous. I wonder how much time I'm spending in prayer. And I started recording it. And to my amazement and embarrassment, it wasn't much better. Can I just be honest with you today? And I'm saying, God, use me, help me. Lord, I want to make a difference. And I'm spending four or five minutes a day in prayer. Now, come on, you're smart. How many of you say, Todd, you're going to have to up the ante if you want God to use you? Come on, are y'all out there? Now listen, if pastors spend four minutes a day in prayer, I wonder what the parishioners spend in prayer. Now listen, I'm not trying to condemn anyone. I just want to encourage you today. I just want to encourage you. It's like, man, you got a bazooka sitting in your house and you letting the enemy rob you. Come on. It's like you got hand grenades in your house and you letting the enemy rob you. Come on, pull out that bazooka. Come on, pull out them hand grenades. Come on, get on the lifeline, man, because the Lord is ready to do something in your life. He's ready to change your circumstance. Y'all believe this? Come on. If you're going through a difficult time in your life, I want to encourage you. Make sure you're not so busy that day. To spend time in prayer and saying, Jesus, I need you to help me. Now listen, a lot of times we're dealing with circumstances and we're sitting here and we're saying, Jesus, I need your help. I got this going on. And whatever this is, he's screaming back at you. God can't help you get over this. And everything on the inside of you is saying, not this problem, buddy. You're going to have to live with this one. Everything inside of you, everything outside of you is trying to scream to tell you, don't go, don't keep praying. It's hopeless. It's helpless. You might as well just surrender and know that this is your lot in life. But God, on the other hand, is saying, oh, don't give up. 
Oh, don't keep knocking. Oh, don't quit asking. Oh, don't quit seeking because I got resources that can turn this thing around and give you a, a 360. Come on, believe me and trust me for it. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Yes, he will, man. I'm telling you, he'll do it. Amen. Y'all believe this? Come on, are y'all believing this here? You gotta pray. You gotta pray. What you're dealing with? What, what's tormenting you? What's weighing heavy on you? What are you struggling with? Where are you spiritually? Come on, you're in the ditch. Come on, tap in. So you don't have to be so fluid in prayer where you can just say these eloquent prayers. I mean, that sometimes that's just a bunch of baloney in the eyes of God. He's just one of the hearts that saying, Jesus, I need your help. I don't know what to do. And he's like, oh, I like that prayer right there. Because that ain't a prayer from the lips. That's a prayer from the heart right there. Come on, I'm preaching now. Come on, are y'all hearing me out there? You ain't got to have all these eloquent prayers, all these looking for somebody that says, Jesus, I need your help, and I know you can help me. This storm I'm in, I know you can tell the winds and the waves, be still, shut up, get down right now, and, and all of a sudden things change. That's the God we serve. Come on, I think somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it, Amen. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you. I want you to notice what this verse says. Call to me and I'll think about it. Call to me and I'll just, I'll just decide later. No, doesn't that verse say call to me and I will? Doesn't that verse say I will? Doesn't that verse say I will answer you? That's what it says, right? I will answer you. I believe they got some people in this room right now that are not at a good place. And Jesus wants to help you. And, you know, though everybody in this room cares. And we want to help you. Everybody in this room is very limited in how they can help you. They're limited. Oh, you're struggling financially? Well, we could pay your bills for you. Well, you have no more bills this month. But here comes next month. See, they got people that they win, they win the lotto, man. They get a million bucks and they say, pull them set. But the same spiritual curse that's on them before stays on them. And one hundred, one million dollars just goes right through their fingers. Come on, you can inherit man houses and you can have, you can inherit money galore and lose it all. If you don't have the favor of God on your life, the wisdom of God on your life. Right? Are y'all with me out there? Come on, listen. I mean, you can say, man, I'm getting out of this marriage. This is terrible. And get in another marriage and make some other person miserable. Because the same thing that brought, that made this marriage miserable is going to that next marriage. And Jesus is the only one to get the misery out of you so you can have a good marriage. Oh, yes, indeed, man. The Lord can help you out, I'm telling you. And he's just saying, call on me. Cry out to me. Ask me. And I'm going to help you. Now, let's finish it up with this. Remember, that prayer helps prepare you for eternity. Don't forget that. Listen to the last, last couple of verses in this parable. He says this. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Think about that. Will he keep putting them off? And the answer is a thousand times no. No. Even though the devil would make you think. 
Even though your flesh would make you think. The answer is no. But then he says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man... How many of you know Jesus is coming back? You know what I mean? It's been, it's been, I've been hearing this for a while, but he ain't got here yet. I'm not sure he's coming. That's what some people, they don't say that. They just start living like that. Oh man, my grandma used to tell me Jesus is coming back whenever I was that high. Now here I am, old and gray, and he still ain't back. Well, listen, as soon as you breathe your last breath, you're there. Amen. So whether he comes back or you go to him, they're going to be a part, they're going to be a, a, a meeting. Right? Right? But what if he does come back? I mean, he says in Matthew 24, he says, look, this is kind of what it's going to look like. Kind of, if you read Matthew 24, it kind of looks like today. Sounds like today. And he says, when you see all this, I'm close. So, okay, so what if he showed up like soon as we broke today? We said, amen, and then all of a sudden, People are gone. And you left. Uh Uh-oh. Not good. But see, every day we're living on the, on the, the edge of eternity. Because any day we could breathe our last and we're gone. And so he says, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Now, that can have several meanings. Is my church going to be believing in me and trusting in me to do something for it? Are they going to be living in doubt and unbelief? Is my church going to be full of faith, trusting for me to part the Red Sea for them? But it can also mean, are you going to be right with Jesus whenever he returns? And so I don't know everybody in this room today, and I don't know where everybody is spiritually. But you're either right or you're not. And Jesus is just trying to encourage us. The best prayer that you can pray is to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and get right with Jesus. Amen? Y'all receive the, the message of the parable today? Would you do me a favor and let's stand together? Let's take just a second to just apply what we heard today. If you're having a difficult time, you feel, you feel like you're at a bad place and you need God's help, I want you to just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If somebody's lifting their hand near you, would you just, just reach out your hand and just agree with them? Let's pray for them. Come on. Do, do we, can we make a difference today, saints, by praying for one another? Come on, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Just lift up your hands and say, man, somebody pray for me. Todd, pray for me. I need, I need God's grace in my life. I need God's hand in my life. Father, I pray for every hand that is raised. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just touch them. God, we believe that right now, God, that you can strengthen them. Lord, we believe that you can encourage them. Lord, we believe that you can just change their perspective about what they're going through. And it's going to be different from this day forward. Lord, we pray for those that have great need. God, we pray you provide the Lord, for their need today. There are those that are discouraged. God, would you encourage them today? Lord, there are those that are weak and weary. Lord, would you strengthen them today? 
today. Lord, may your hand of grace be upon every person in this room today. Thank you, Lord God, for just putting your arms around them and just showering them today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, let me ask you here, to hear all of you here today, are you ready for his return? Through prayer, you can get ready for his return. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I need your forgiveness. Would you forgive me? And how many of you know that he will answer a sincere prayer of repentance? So if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray that special prayer for me? Would you just lift your hands and I want to pray for you. Just lift your hands and wave it at me because I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Come on, raise your hand right here, sir. I see your hand. Anybody else? Oh, back here, over here. I see your hand. If you're saved, you know a Christian, put your hand down. If you're not sure you're a Christian, put your hand up and just hold it up and say, Todd, pray for me. Pray for me. Come on, listen. This is this is decision time. This is the time. This is where the rubber meets the road. Are you willing? Are you willing to serve him? Come on, just raise your hand right now and just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Now listen, I'm going to ask those of you that got your hands raised, I'm going to ask you to just slip out of the pew and come down to the altar right now. Just slip, just just ask people that's by you to just move out of the way and just come on down. Or maybe you've been with God and maybe you've walked away from God. Come on, this is your time. This is your opportunity to just get right with God right now. There you go. Come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's get ready for eternity. Let's get ready for eternity. Come on, heaven is starting to clap. Heaven is rejoicing now. Heaven is beginning to, come on, heaven is open. Come on, heaven is beginning to rejoice. Rejoicing over those that are surrendering to Jesus. Come on, just pray this from your heart. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe you're a God of mercy and that you do forgive. Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse my heart? Would you wash my sins away? I want to live the Christian life. And I'm putting my faith and trust in you. This day, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Listen, this is the greatest prayer that you could ever pray is this prayer right here. Now, those of you that are up here, if you just stay up here for just a second, and there were some more of you that raised your hand. If you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, come tell me you prayed with me because we want to make sure you have a Bible and I just want to celebrate and rejoice with you. Amen? Come on. Come on. Heaven is rejoicing. Come on. Why don't we rejoice? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Father. Now, listen, as I dismiss you, I just want to encourage you to do this. Maybe you've gotten away from prayer. I want to encourage you. Hey, tomorrow, Monday's a fresh start. Set your alarm a little bit earlier. Don't just turn the TV on or pull out the paper. Pull out your Bible. Close your eyes and talk to Jesus. Spend five minutes, ten minutes in prayer. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Your life is going to start changing as God's power begins to work in your life. Amen. Y'all believe that? Lord, may your blessing and favor be upon your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.